up, everybody, and welcome to Tailgate Talks, powered by the Nation and the Nation's network of podcasts. It is October 25th, recording Wednesday afternoon, and you're listening to episode 202. Today, we are shouting out a, a, a Big 12 championship team, uh, diving Let's into go. some uh, con- uh, football season that continues to not be fun. And a quick little peek at basketball as the basketball season is 14 days away. Uh, And so uh, we are excited for that. And to catch everything we're doing here at Tailgate Talks, you make sure you are following us. Follow us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Give us those five-star ratings, five stars for the Tailgate. Uh, Make sure you're following us as we, you know, continue to go through this football season. And as basketball season ramps up, we'll be covering all of that so give us follows there follow us on social media we are on twitter at tailgate underscore talks that's where we do most of our interacting on social media but we do have facebook and instagram we also have a youtube channel where we post videos with clips uh discussing previous games predicting previous games no game coming up this week so there might just be a little byu recap video up uh for you guys so subscribe to the youtube channel and if you have any questions, concerns, anything you would like us to discuss on the tailgate, you can always email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. We're going to start this thing off right. Raider! Well, Dustin, it wasn't a fun American football weekend, um, but the Texas Tech women's soccer team, the uh, football team of the fall for us, the team that actually uh, fulfilled some of the lofty expectations that we thought, uh, got it done in Ames, Iowa on Monday night, winning the Big 12 regular season title for the first time in program's history. Uh, so we wanted to start off on a good note, and anytime any Texas Tech team wins a Big 12 championship, uh, regular season or postseason, that's something uh, worth shouting out. So shout out to the the ladies' women's soccer team for getting that job done. Dustin, any anything you want to say about the the accomplishment for this team? Yeah, that's awesome, badass. I mean, undefeated yeah. in Big 12 play, and two ties and eight wins. I mean, that's incredible. And had a cool reception when they flew back in on Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday night. So, yeah, it's awesome, man. Yeah, it's always fun to see a, a team kind of exceed expectations. I think they were predicted to be about fifth in the conference. And so uh, ah. cool for them to, to, you know, undefeated Big 12 season, undefeated at home uh, and get the job done. And now it's on to the postseason for them. I think the Big 12 tournament starts either later this week um, going through next week. So, uh, you know, make sure if you've uh, been following this team along, tune in for those games and cheer on these Lady Raiders as they try to add uh, to the trophy case for this season. Uh, so I wanted to start on a good note before we get into the bad stuff, which is the other football team, the American football team for the Texas Tech Red Raiders that uh, continues to struggle as they Fall 27-14 to 14 to BYU in the first matchup with the Cougars as Big 12 Conference foes. The Red Raiders were led by true freshman quarterback Jake Strong as 
Baron Morton uh, unable to play due to um, numerous amounts of injuries, it seems like. Yeah. And so uh, the freshmen uh, had to lead the team and did not look great. Uh, only were able to score 14 points. Uh, your offense helped BYU score one of those touchdowns that they put on the board. And so overall, uh, a pretty rough performance on Saturday. Dustin, what were your thoughts on the the loss to the BYU Cougars? Yeah, that was pretty pitiful, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the best way to say it. I haven't looked at anything from that game or listened to anything about that game since until we hopped on just now i'm trying to just cleanse myself during the bye week (laughs) and uh not get myself more down about it you know yeah it was uh brutal it was a a good night to have a halloween party as we were uh getting to enjoy ourselves and some friends and some funny costumes and and uh, good food, charcuterie boards, and games, and all that. So that kind of distracted us from the awful football that was being played. But yeah, I mean, I, I think we thought with Jake Strong, you might be able to have an offense that you could win a game on the road, uh, especially against the BYU team that wasn't all that great and kind of a team that struggled to stop the run, a, an offense that didn't really uh, overwhelm you. And it just never got going. You know, the, the game was 7-0 before it was even on the TV as, as we were having to watch the end of um, some other game. Yeah. And so BYU uh, has their longest run of the season against your defense, um, gets yep. on the board first, and then your <clears throat> offense just never got going. You know, a fumbled snap on fourth and goal um, or, or fourth down inside the uh, around the end zone. Uh, causes you to give up the ball you get a stop and then you fumble the first snap after that which BYU picks up and scores it was 14 nothing at that point and just never really went your way from that point uh, yeah that's like the biggest part of the game I mean you're in the first yeah. quarter on your first drive and fum- literally fumble away a touchdown I mean rusty stats had not great yeah. snaps all game I don't know what was up with him um, especially when you got a freshman quarterback, like that doesn't change how you yeah. snap the ball, get them, get it to them. Like, um, we guess we had numerous snap and handoff problems all night, which was irritating, but yeah, I mean, you literally had a 14 point swing when you can't punch it in and fumble on your fourth down, fourth and goal there, there's seven points. And the next drive you fumble away and give up yeah, seven more. Like that's, really the game right there technically yeah. if you want to look yeah, at it that no. way but i mean it's just five and you look at the overall stats like you said like they're we held their offense just yeah, fine their offense scored 20 like, points they didn't do anything on, they didn't do anything on us crazy i mean take out that 55 yard run and they're still under 100 yards rushing 127 passing is pretty pitiful um I mean, under 300 yards total offense, like you have on the 20 points from the defense, again, seems to be our critical number, but we can't win games with it. (laughs) But, like, the offense, when you give up five turnovers, you're not going to win any games with five turnovers. Yeah, that's that's the the brutal part of it all is is you felt like you had 
you know, times the defense kept you in it and you had some drives and then Jake Strong would just throw the throw the other team the ball or and, and you couldn't snap the ball and for some reason or, or catch it and hand it off. Honestly, like to kind of back to the defense and harp on the turnovers again, like they only scored thirteen points off of five turnovers. I yeah. think that's a that's a win on your defense. Like and one of them was a scoop and score. Defense yeah. wasn't even on the field. <laughs> so on four of their turnovers they gave up two field goals. Yeah. Like 13 points off five turnovers is incredible. And one of them was a scoop and score. So like, that's pretty good on your yeah, defense. Another one of those games where it. they give you a performance that you go in saying, Hey, if the defense holds BYU to 20 on, on the road, you're going to win that game. Yeah. That's like a defense gave you a 90% chance to win. And then an offense gave you a hundred percent chance to lose. Yeah, they're with they're actively like supporting the <laughs> other team. They're actively helping the other team more than they're helping your team. And that's just something you're not really used to from a Texas tech offense. And so the offense continues to struggle. Jake strong really struggled as he was Oof. 19 for 37 for 236 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. And I'm counting the fumble on him, like on on the stats, it has it as Taj Brooks, but that was a a, a mess. Like he didn't hand the ball off right, so I think that he should be credited yeah. with that fumble. So I'm basically saying he had four turnovers plus like the fumble on the fourth and one. So you could technically say he had five turnovers, all five. Um, Give him all, and five. then the That's... other turnover was Miles Price on a, on a punt return when like just everything wasn't going your way, and then he fumbles a, a what was a really nice return. Um, but your thoughts on Jake Strong and, and his first career collegiate start yeah obviously not good i mean kids young first real start had a half play last week and apparently not an easy place to go play in provo at night tough place tough crowd um actually had some co-workers that went went up there said it was great environment very nice people they hand out ice oh, cream right. to you in the like second or third quarter. <laughs> so, ice cream. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. So maybe we need to make that trip in a few years. Um, back to Jake. Not so Jake from State Farm. Um, I mean, around a 50% completion rate with all these turnovers. Like, you got to also put some of it on yeah. the coaching. Like, I get we ran the ball pretty well, but run the ball more. Also, like, I don't know what we're reading or doing for him in the passing game, but, like, obviously that wasn't what we needed to be doing, and he's forcing it or yeah, looking the wrong way or I don't know what it really is. But that's just not going to be good, and I pray he doesn't have to start anymore just because – He's just not up to speed. He looks like a high is. school quarterback yeah. trying to play college football. Like that's what I yeah. imagined if you took oh, a yeah. kid right and out then, of high school and dropped him into a college game. That's kind of what it looked like. And like, I mean, I guess this has kind of been a story for us all year, but our receiving numbers are way, way down. But like we never anybody with more than three yeah. catches. And so like, I feel like you need to get somebody like, hey, when in doubt, look for this guy or like look for these two guys on if, if you get in trouble, but I don't think our coaching's doing that to try to help them out, you know? And so, especially with like Koy Aiken two for four, that's crap. When 
he's been emerging as our yeah. best receiver. So, yeah, pretty pitiful performance. I hope he just has to fill in and do backup duty the rest of the year. Yeah, I don't want to be too harsh on him. Like, it's it's a tough position no. to be put in. But, I mean, some of those passes were just brutal. And, like, you were putting some drives together. And yeah. you'd be starting to move the ball. And you're like, okay, here's our chance to maybe, like, uh, get a score and then he throws right to the defense and like these are some of the most easy interceptions these defenders will ever have they're like yeah. like i don't even know what the deal is if it, where he's throwing the ball to it looks like he's throwing it to them no. and then there's there's like two or three that were like dropped as well so he could have had seven interceptions like yeah, I think there was one he could have yep. thrown that could have been a pick six. I think the defender already saw the end zone, and so he just dropped the ball. But, I mean, it just – he's not reading the defense very well. He's uh, uh, very focused on his number one receiver. You could see that multiple times. Yeah. Uh, makes it very easy for the defense to just read his eyes, see where he's going. And then you have receivers who can't really get open. And then you have a coaching staff who I don't think is putting him in the best place for him, like making him throw the ball downfield a lot. I, I, I really like don't understand that when he's clearly not very accurate <laughs> getting the ball downfield. And so th there's a lot of frustrating things. And and like a lot of people I, I've seen and listened to over the last week are kind of making a lot of excuses for Kitley here because he is on his third string quarterback. And I think like that is a brutal blow. Um, but the offense came out, it just did not look prepared at all. You you, you can't even hand the ball off. And, and that's some of the stuff to me that just like the most simple things, we couldn't even accomplish that. We couldn't hand the ball off to Taj on your first two drives without almost dropping the ball. And you did drop the ball twice. Like, I, I, I don't know how, how you come out and, and are that sloppy. Yeah, it was really sloppy. I don't know why with Jake in there, and Taj is our best player. Running the ball is our best attribute. Why are we trying to run RPO and or zone read yeah. stuff with Jake? Just hand the damn ball off and get out of the way. Like that caused problems all night for us with that mesh point BS. Like Giddy probably did it in high school, but he's obviously yeah. not up to speed with the college game. Don't make him do that and ride the running back. Just give Taj the ball and Get out of the way and let him run. And give Taj the ball. Give Cameron Valdez the ball. Like, I thought they were both pretty good for you in this game. Taj Brooks over 100 yards again, um, 31 rushes. Like, you, you did lean on Taj a lot. Um, but I, I do feel like there's times where you got to lean on Cameron Valdez too. too. Like, you're going to run Taj into the ground. He you got gotta hurt get, again. And you got to get, so. like, 30 is carries for Taj is great. That's a great number. That's what I want. But I also want, yes. like – 10 15 for Cameron because I think he's that good too. And you got to, well, he's got to start to stay yeah, healthy through these I games. Just, I mean, we, we have nobody who can stay healthy except for Taj, apparently. But I just think, I don't know, it, it gets frustrating um, watching this offense go out there and, and time and time again just, just kind of fail this team. Uh, the bright spot, of course, that we just mentioned, Taj Brooks, 31 carries, 100 over 100 yards. Again, I think that's his fourth time in the last five games now that he's crossed yeah. the century mark, uh, five straight games going over 100 total yards. Uh, now the leading rusher in Power 5. Um, just kind of your thoughts, like this is the one bright spot on offense, so just kind of your, your, your continued thoughts on the one thing that seems to be clicking for the Red Raiders. I mean, 31 carries is good. Give them more. Yeah. <laughs> like. 
we're at the point in our season that we might not make a bowl game at this rate. So saving them for later doesn't matter. Um, we got four games left. We're resting this week. Like, you don't know what your quarterback situation is. You either got to kind of hurt Baron or a not ready Jake Strong. Taj just needs to eat and yep. eat and eat. They don't care if it's going to take up more time and less plays of your offense and you're going to score less points. If we're more efficient and that's what works, let's just do it. Like, I hope that's what we're doing, evaluating ourselves this week of like, hey, we're a power yeah. run team now. Yeah, I don't really see the need to continue to try to pass the ball at like, like how many times <laughs> we throw it 37 times. Like that number needs to be a lot lower. I think if it's going to be Jake strong, like if it's going to be Jake strong, you need to be like 20 passes maybe. And I get it. You got to yeah. keep the defense engaged in that. And, and there's ways to do it, but uh, like 31 carries for Taj five for Cameron Valdez. Like I, I, you need more carries from Cameron, more carries from Taj find more ways of getting Dre McRae, the ball kind of back there. I think, I think there's ways. Yeah. I, I actually, I mean, it only went for four yards, but I still like running the jet sweep yeah. with Dre, get him the ball, try trying something and getting the Run ball, the ball in different ways. Like it doesn't always have to be up the middle. I think like getting him the ball guys like Xavier white miles price, the ball on the outside, different ways. Um, you know, you got to get creative and you're an offensive coordinator. That's your job to do that. <laughs> And figure out, oh, we can't throw the ball downfield with Jake Strong without throwing an interception every other drive. So we've got to do some things to limit that, limit the possible mistakes. And so um, looking for that, let me, and while, while we're on the subject, what's your kid Kitley status update for this week? As every week it grows stronger, the conversations around him, um, you know, not bright after, after this point. But uh, there is some, you know, obviously – being on your third string quarterback is going to give you some excuse. So where are you at with him? I'm kind of the other way on it. I think rather than it being an excuse, I think there's just more of a spotlight on your I, coaching. I agree. Yeah. As that offensive coordinator, like this is where your floor is established and the floor is pretty low. Like when you have your starter, whether it's Baron or Shuck, or you prefer that's your ceiling and what you can do and you know all the bells and whistles and stuff but once you're on your third string true freshman that just defines like all your offseason work and how much you helped yeah. coach him up and where's our floor at with him and it's very low and that's what's disappointing is he's just trying to you know run out the same offense and system and that's not working and he still hasn't adapted really enough to the running game with our best player. Yeah. And to help our quarterbacks adapt and be better. And then there's still the receiving crap that, you know, we have one guys with one, two and three catches. That's yep. max. I'm like, I can't get the ball to anybody specifically. Offensive line you continues know, to be guys an issue. One for six, one for seven. Like, the, we're not distributing the ball very yeah. well either. Like the adaptability of Kitley is very, very subpar to me. Yeah. I think like in this situation, the offense should be simplified a little bit more. And yeah. And oh it yeah. It hasn't really been, you know, you're, you're <clears throat> taking a bunch of deep shots with, with this kid who can't do it. 
Like this is the first full game you've got to see him play, but in his one half against Kent State, it was like, all right, he can't do it. You don't have receivers who can get open, and yet time and time again, you're kind of doing similar things against BYU, against a defense that you should be able to do that against, and you continue to throw them the ball, and and you got receivers who can't get open. I think like like for me, it's it's excuse the kind of excuse making that like kept Cliff around for a little too long. And so that's what worries me is like, oh, we're going to make these excuses for him. And I get it. It's a, it's tough to, to lose two quarterbacks and have to do it on a quarterback that you probably weren't prepping on having to play at all this year. Um, but he's also the quarterback's coach. And the quarterbacks haven't looked great from the start. Like when you had the ceiling, you were 0-2 with, with Tyler Shuck, who was supposed to be the offensive ceiling for this team. I think what I've seen is like I, I, Barron is the best chance to win. For us this year because uh, yes. and I don't know how much is is on Kitley or how much it is on Barron to get us into the right play and making the right throws um, but even then the offense still struggled uh, the only reason it was successful is because you ran against the two worst defenses in the in the conference um, right. but there's nothing yeah I warned y'all about that I was like don't get but too high on really this. been nothing throughout the season that screamed to me that he had control of this offense and now it just like gets worse the quarterback play hasn't been spectacular. Um, like you said, our receivers are struggling and just like all around the offense has taken a gigantic step back. Um, and then the floor that we thought this team could be like the floor is even lower now. <laughs> and Jake strong doesn't look like a quarterback who's yeah. ready to play at this level. And so it's one of the super alarming things that if our, our if we're going to have to go with Jake strong, like I, I don't know if I could see us getting another win. Like if Baron's going to be shut down, like I, I, I don't, know how this offense is going to produce enough points uh to win these games if they're having to beat 20 points and they can't do that like that's not good <laughs> I, I just don't understand the excuse making no i agree with you it's what we like to do here at tech like it, it is the problem is it is a valid excuse like having to use three quarterbacks every single fucking year like i get it it's exhausting but but I, yeah. we've had you know, last year, everybody came in, all three of your quarterbacks came in and they played up to a standard that you, that could win games. They all won a game for you. But you saw, you saw Cliff winning games with yeah. Jet Duffy that year, his senior year, like when he had to play most of the season, like I get Cliff is a more experienced and better OC and quarterback coach, but still like, I think it's all about how much you've coached these guys in the the, where the floor is at with him, and I don't know if Killy's just more worried about the X's and O's, which I also don't know yeah, about. I don't think he's that either. <laughs> I'm not that confident in, anyways. But like the coaching side of it, on the field doesn't portray anything yeah, to me. I agree. I I think back to Alan Bowman, you know, a guy who's actually like got it together for Oklahoma State this year. His first start, he was a true freshman, and I don't think any of us were really expecting much from him and he came out and and he showed to be uh, a quarterback who could make plays you know I think like a lot of guys under the cliff system like kind of had to be thrown in at different points of their career and and were able to like Patrick Mahomes is a good like came out uh, looked like a deer in the headlights but then kind of got it together and was able to do some stuff for that offense in his freshman year where I don't think he was expecting to have to play at all and so like you've seen it from guys in the past uh, they were just coached up better and I, I just don't think Kitley has these quarterbacks coach to a level that um looks like winning football out there and so I, I 
I'll be curious to see what happens the rest of the season. I've, I I don't know. What do you think would constitute a change at the offensive coordinator position? Because uh, I feel like with some of the recruits you got coming in and all this stuff, I think whatever this decision is, is very important for the future. Oh, I think, <clears throat> I mean, you're not going to make anything mid-season, obviously, but like during this bye week, like it's self-evaluation stuff, I think they're – has to be some tough conversations of how to adapt what and i'm not talking just specifically like joey to zach i mean he's probably talking the whole coaching staff that i mean it's a team game everybody's not getting it done at some level somehow we need to look at it and fix it quick because we don't have time to try it out one more time you know against tcu next week and just make sure if that's the problem no like these are our problems. Let's fix them. And I, I think if the turnovers are still a problem from the quarterback position, that's yeah, the biggest problem because we have lost the turnover battle for the last two years, very bad. In the last two weeks, it's, it's eight to zero. That's gonna get your butt kicked, like we have been. And so, I think that's where you start to look. Obviously, the receivers and just the points aren't there. Like you can't, can't be like Iowa and just keep riding out your yeah <laughs> coach's son just cause he's got a good name. Um, and I think it's, are you going to adapt and get better or just keep running your head into the wall? Do you see a scenario where what's the scenario where Kitley isn't here next year? I don't know about, I don't know. <laughs> I could definitely see it yeah. though. I mean, Joey's not gonna sit on his hands and be like, "Oh yeah, we'll just try it one more year." Like, it hasn't produced enough, I don't think. And like, this year's been a big letdown when you thought your offense was really good, and it's obviously not. And so, like, it starts on yeah. the offensive side. Yeah, there's one group. There's one group that really stood out and that's been your offense because your defense has kept you in games your special teams is good what's the one thing that's really kind of weighing you down it's been the offense I I don't I I don't know how the rest of the season goes like I think I think that what scares me is that we do end up going with Jake Strong and and maybe just to try to keep Baron healthy maybe Baron's pretty banged up and we're not going to get to play him and we just go with Jake Strong, and that buys Kitley another year because of having to play with your third-string quarterback. And that that kind of scares me. Um, but I think, like, ultimately, if you get Barron back and, and you're able to win some games, I, I don't see a change happening. I think you would have to lose out or maybe just win one more game, and it'd be really bad. And that's the only way I really see yeah. Kitley um, – Having to having to have that discussion be like we're right, on the yeah, verge of that. <laughs> um, something's got to change like, if you you take this biggest step backwards. So it'll be interesting to see uh, the one side of the ball that has really like been keeping you in the games. And while you could uh, nitpick some parts of their performance against BYU, uh, they did only give up twenty points. Um, like Dustin said, we turned the ball over five times, um, and they gave up two field goals off that. Um, so uh, what were your thoughts on, on their performance? Uh, in Provo on Saturday. Yeah, defense is, again, pretty good. 20 points. It's been a great number for them to lose games with somehow. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, if we're talking coordinators, I think DeRuder's done a great job for us these last two years. Um, I still don't know how or why we're not getting any turnovers. Like the take three thing yeah. has not set in and taken. Um, now I get like BYU is not very good. They're really conservative. And once they got a lead, they kind of sat on the ball and didn't let you get one, but still you're not imposing your will there. But I mean, under 300 yards overall, like 12 first down <laughs> four for 14 on third down. Like, man, you got lots of good numbers there. Like we said, 20 points given up, like, Good overall day. It's got to be frustrating when you're, you're playing good quite most of these weeks and the other side just can't help you. Yeah, it, they've had one real blip on the on the season. That was Kansas State, but it bounced back, I thought. you know. Yeah, um, agreed. Allowing the big run on the first drive hurt, but at the same time, like you said. But yeah. then they collected themselves and didn't let it like affect the rest of that yeah, drive like or the after game. That, I think it was like a 60 yard run. And after that, the guy only had 45 yards after that. So, or 35. Um, and so, yeah. yeah, I think like they, they're doing the things that they need to do to give you a chance to win all of these games. And the fact that yes, they've given up 20 much. points in three games and you've lost those games. It's just, just maddening. It's gotta be super frustrating. It's super frustrating for a fan base that has been craving a defense that can give you a chance to win and you finally have it been wanting this for like 15 yeah. plus years 18 years finally get it and now it's like we can't ever have nice things you know we can't have an offense and a defense that are clicking at the same time and so it's got to be frustrating for that side of the ball but just want to continue to shout out DeRuiter and those guys for like going out there and still competing every game despite like kind of the struggles that this offense has had and having to get right back out there after another turnover um, but, yeah. but continuing to, to put in that effort. So I want to shout out to them. Uh, reviewing the stats from the game, we've gone over Jake's. We've gone over Taj Brooks. Uh, your leading receiver was Xavier White, who had three catches for 98 yards and one touchdown. That touchdown. No one had over three catches. Ridiculous. Um, and so that's our uh, main stats. Not going to go highlight much more than that. Um, prediction review. I can't remember our score predictions, but we both got it wrong. Doesn't matter. Offensively, we're like, yeah, Todd Brooks over 100 yards. That's an easy take it to the bank. And he did that. Defensively, Dustin was calling for three sacks. We had one. I went with the easy route saying Ben Roberts was going to lead the team in tackles and have double digits. He did. Uh, That's that's the most bet, I think, on on anything defensively right now. I just like how he's, remember, he's like the Jarrett Culver. Yeah, from a few years ago when we were like, like he just does it so yeah, quietly, right. and you just look up and we're like, how'd Colfer get eighteen yeah, points? The game just started. Hey, how does he? He's <laughs> barely <laughs> shot the ball. How's Ben Roberts have yeah. ten tackles? He's yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's been you know one of the the bright spots of this season, and so happy to see him continue to do that. Uh, Baron Morton didn't play. Um, I I think they were you. I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that they were using knowing that we had this game and in a bye week. Uh, to try to get him right for the rest of the season. So that's the hope is that he can return. Yeah, apparently his shoulder was yeah. really bad the week before, and that's why he didn't play that second half. So they were having to apparently shoot him up just to get him so he didn't feel the pain of it. And then he got his back hurt, his head hurt. 
probably an ankle yeah. or knee in there. I don't know. His whole body's <laughs> hurt. And that's the other thing, Kitley. You freaking ran a QB power on West Virginia with him, and, and that's where he gets his yeah. shoulder hurt. And that's like something that I just think is a damning. Well, and then just, I mean, while we're on the subject, I mean, once again, like, we're just injury yeah. riddled so bad. Like, Cameron Fowler's got hurt again, and he didn't finish the game. CJ Baskerville didn't finish the game again. He's been out half the year Mason too. Mason Tharp's been out. Um, you know, Mason Tharp was MIA again, and you know he's questionable basically the rest of the year, from what I hear. Um, would we love him back? Obviously, but I mean, and then like I think men. our I can't remember our our guard's name, uh, the Western Kentucky kid. He was he didn't finish the game. Rusty Stats was in and out, like. Just so many dudes, like, in and out or just out. Like, it's frustrating on that side, too. So, I hope we're just resting and healing up and we'll be much better and healthier come next Thursday. (sighs) That's the other frustrating part to me is, like, the toughest, hardest working team. And it's like everybody gets hurt. It's like barely get – I don't know. It's like none of these have looked like they're that – they get hit that hard and they just break easily. Our bones are fragile. Um, our muscles are fragile. I just, uh, yeah, I just injury riddled. A lot of, a lot of things could have gone right. And it just seems like everything's going wrong. So yeah, hopefully we're using this bye week to get healthy for the back stretch, which, uh, now you're three and five. Uh, you've got a tough stretch up in front of you. You've got TCU, Kansas, um, UCF and Texas to finish out the season and you need three wins to get a bowl game. Dustin, do you think at the end of the season, Texas tech is going to find themselves in a bowl game? I do not think that three out of four is tough. Um, Saying this with like, let's say that Baron Morton's our quarterback for all four of these games. I got TCU as a 50-50 game because they've kind of figured their stuff out. Now, they beat the crap out of BYU. Then they got the crap beat out by Kansas State. Um, Yeah. So, they're they're figuring things out a little bit, but they're probably still a little better than you. And we're cursed against purple teams. And they're purple. We can't handle that. At Kansas, depends on their quarterback situation. I still think they're better. Uh, they're offensively still much better and on the road. So too. maybe a little under 50 50 there. UCF should be a pretty winnable game. Like that's your most winnable game the rest of the year. At Texas, I just have markdowns and no straight up. So you need to win three straight games yeah. basically to get to six the only way is baron's got to be healthy that's the only way and 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 even that then, depends on baron playing even all of then, these you, you've got to be almost perfect offensively i think if it's jake in there for no. any of these like that 50 50 for tcu and kansas yeah. goes to like 25 of the way <laughs> maybe you get that fourth win against ucf but even then i i would probably and that one that one probably yeah. becomes a 50 50 yeah, I think with JP or going to, you might not win another game. Um, four at best with Baron. I think five and seven is what I would say. I think you can beat TCU and I think you can beat UCF. But I, 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 
I don't see us getting a bowl game this year. I, I just don't. The way you've played, the way the offense has been, um, the, the your health, I, I just don't see and, it. And, like, while we're on it, like, the bye week, like I just mentioned, like, hopefully we're getting rested up. But, like, the coaching hasn't been great the first half of the season no. either. And, like, all the dumb penalties that we still get – and we're not adapting and adjusting to our personnel with injuries. And, like, that's coaching stuff and discipline issues. Like, that comes yeah. from the top down. Like, And so yeah. I hope we're fixing that. And then, like, the other thing that bugs me is when you have discipline issues and you start bitching about the rest not making calls for you. Like, yeah, no – Come on, let's not do that. And now McGuire's done that multiple weeks where he's brought that up. And it's like, that's also not good coaching. Like, you're already not doing good coaching in our practice facility. Now you're not doing it on the press yeah, conference table either. making, you know, I, I just don't yeah, like exactly. it. Yeah, Well, we'll get to it. I think it's a good um, Thanksgiving kind of week episode. Uh, I've heard other podcasts do it. Blame pie, you know, with the – We'll, we'll serve <laughs> okay. up a, a blame pie around Thanksgiving and kind of give out some some percentages. But, uh, you, you know, I, I'm still Team Joe McGuire. I, I'm not thinking he should lose his job. Too. But there's definitely some concerns that have rid their head this season and, and some stuff that yeah. I'm wondering. I'm like, man, why aren't you in Kitley's ear more? Like, hey, we got to get Tars the ball here. Like, I, I don't care what the play calls is. We got to get Tars the ball. Yes. Or I, like, he's got to be in – in Kitley's ear more and and I don't really know all the details behind it it seems like he's in on the plays but it just it seems like he needs to get involved more on some of this stuff and um you know I I think ultimately what he is is he's like a he's a talent getter he can go get you the Michael Hudson's and stuff like that maybe so but he's got to get a little bit more involved on some of the X's and O's stuff you know I I think I think he's got to have a bigger say so a bigger voice uh in some of these situations so um that's something that we'll we'll kind of get into a little bit later on this season. But uh, any other BYU tidbits you want to hit here before we get on on with the episode? No, with that game with that. in the past, it's on to a bye week, so we don't have to deal with the Texas Tech uh, disaster this weekend. Luckily, get some rest, watch some other college football, watch some NFL football. Um, but the big news coming from the weekend, coming from Sunday, is uh, that our guy Patrick Mahomes, that's in repping it there, uh, our guy Patrick Mahomes came out in a Texas Tech shirt with the Adidas tape uh, under it um, and announcing that Texas Tech will be uh, joining the Adidas brand in June of 2024. He announced it on his social media accounts. So of course, uh, Tech Twitter goes uh, crazy with it. You've got people on all sorts of the end. You got people who don't care what anything looks like. Just go play. Got people who I guess we're still pro Under Armour. Uh, but ultimately seems like a lot of people are in on this move. Dustin, your thoughts on the move to Adidas coming in 2024 uh, and Patrick Mahomes brand kind of leading that way. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, you've been under Under Armour for like, I don't know, 15 years yeah, now. Really? I think since like... Um, it was like early leech days. Yeah, maybe before that, but like as a total school thing, it's been about 15 years or so. But yeah, um, I know there's been grumblings. You know, these schools are getting more money from 
Adidas and Nike and this and that. And so I think it's good to just get off of them. I think Under Armour's kind of – they've been trying to get out of a mass amount of college football for yeah. a few years now and kind of limit what they do in the college football space. But uh, I think even better is like it's really cool yeah. for Pat Mahomes because he is apparently like the one that really pushed for this and it's going to be some kind of like Patrick Mahomes, like Jordan ish type brand of football gear and logo on our gear. And like, he's the face yeah. of the NFL right now that these kids are watching. He's the Steph Curry like of the NFL, like changing how quarterbacks are playing. And like all these high school kids are watching that. And like, that's really cool that I'm going to get to wear the Pat Mahomes gear and, and stuff like so that's really cool um i mean i don't think adidas has a big like outreach either so like good for yeah. them to, like wanting, wanting to do it also cause, you know they're not reaching their hand out to everybody you know so i think it's gonna be really cool it's gonna be a good change i think i, mean, I think it's also better for like all the other sports like soccer's gonna yeah. have way better gear track's gonna have way better gear obviously basketball everybody's hated armor armor basketball yeah. ever since it started it's like i think it yeah, definitely upgrade. helps every other sport yeah, i think too. it's a definite upgrade on most of the sports now i know adidas football uh i'm not 100 percent sure on it but i think like it is a slam dunk that if you got mahomes leading the way on a mahomes brand adidas thing you have to take it with the how big a player that he is he's best in the nfl right now um, I've seen some discussion about people not liking his logo and don't want the logo on the jersey. And, and, and um, you know, I, I was listening to Talking Tech and they were kind of talking about his marketability and maybe he's not the biggest brand yet. And I'm like, well, he's the most marketable player in the what? NFL right now. Like, I, you can't watch an NFL game yeah. without seeing like three Mahomes commercials. He's on Subway, he's on State Farm, he's on uh, Five Four. Oakley he's on Adidas he's like on all this other stuff and so like he's the most marketable yeah. player in the NFL uh his logo might not be the coolest logo uh and it might not be known by everybody yet but it's just getting started and like to be out on the forefront of that I think is a really cool opportunity for Texas Tech like not a lot of athletes like Mahomes come through your schools and the fact that we have them I think you just do whatever you can to to uh, satisfy Mahomes if that's having that brand on on your jerseys you do it um I I, I you know I, I don't know how I feel about it being on like some of our basketball and other jerseys but if that's what he wants you're gonna do whatever Mahomes wants and I uh yeah I don't think yeah. it starts as that I think it's gonna be a football Mahomes brand than everybody else yeah, regular Adidas but maybe after a while it does but, who but one of the ideas that they did say is like they they don't want it on all the jerseys, but they were like, maybe there's a game every year where it's like the Mahomes night, like, and we break out like a jersey that's designed by Mahomes, and there's like a whole marketing campaign around it and stuff like that. And so, I think like it brings a lot of really cool opportunities for the program, for Texas Tech, for Mahomes, and like all the gear. I'm excited about the possibilities. Like, I want that shirt that Mahomes was wearing. Like, I already want to buy that. I wish it was available. Um, um, I think there's going to be a lot of cool opportunities. And so I think this is a step in the right direction. I think yeah. it's a really cool move. I think it's something that's going to not only like, like help your uniforms and cells, I think it's going to help with recruiting and I think it's going to help just like, yeah. And you know, like probably cool that he's probably helping design yeah, some stuff. Some so in it. He probably has some ideas that he's throwing in there and, you know, 
He's probably yeah. involved a little bit in it. And I love it. Like That's Adidas cool. shoes are really good. And like the problem I always had with Under Armour is like, you could never, they always had those shitty like tech design shoes that you could buy. And like, nobody wants to wear those. Like, yeah, their like shoes Adidas suck. Is maybe going to come out with some cool stuff that we can like actually wear. I have literally zero Adidas gear as of now. I'm sure come August of 2024, when it's been in stock for a couple months, I will have a few pieces of yeah, Adidas I- gear. Now I'll still wear my Under Armour gear. Yeah, I'm still gonna wear care. my Under Armour because I've <laughs> spent a lot of money on that, on I that shit, and uh, like it's yeah. gonna still be there. It's now throwback gear, um, but yeah. uh, I will be probably purchasing a lot of Adidas stuff. I hope it's a little bit more affordable than some of that Under Armour stuff, but uh, maybe. But yeah, a, a step into the right direction for Texas Tech. I like, I like that we're we're like the one college team that has like a quarterback like Mahomes, and we're building a brand kind of around him. Um, and so that's that's something that's really cool, really unique to uh, college sports right now is like really the only other one is Jordan. And, you know, that's something that's going around a bunch of schools. We're the only Mahomes brand of Adidas. So um, we'll be cool to see kind of what what happens with that as, uh, you know, as announced June of 24 is when it will become official. So we'll kind of keep monitoring that as as uh, we make that move. Um, last bit before we hit our final shots. Texas Tech basketball, 14 days away. Two weeks from today, Texas Tech will be tipping off their season. But first, they have a scrimmage this upcoming weekend against uh, what will be a top 15 team in Texas A&M. Dustin, as we are, you know, two weeks away from the season, we'll dive into basketball a little bit more next week. But uh, how are you feeling about the McCaslin era uh, getting tipped off here soon? Yeah, with how football's yeah. been disappointing, I'm already moved on to basketball and ready for them. Got a lot of new transfers and new coach and coaching staff that's actually going to do something yeah. this year. <laughs> They're going to do their jobs, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, just inter- interested to see how this team was put together and how it looks on the on the court and how our new yeah. uniforms look. Yeah, I think, like, we're at that point where, like, Texas Tech fans, we love to do it. Once one season becomes kind of miserable and awful, we're like, can't wait for the next season. And so uh, with that, bring some hope and encouragement for basketball season. Now, who knows how we'll be feeling uh, several months down the road from now. But as of this right. point, I'm excited to welcome in the the McCaslin era. Uh, everything I've seen around this program has been encouraging to me and you know, what I'm definitely going to do is temper my expectations a lot. Football season has taught yes. me that. Um, yes. uh, but I'm definitely excited to see some of the changes, you know, that that he brings offensively, defensively to this team, what the newcomers are bringing, uh, what a guy like Pop Isaacs, his kind of step up from year one to year two. And so there's a lot of things that I'm looking forward to uh, with this basketball season. And so with uh, change comes hope. And, and, and so I, I think, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what this uh, product looks like under McCaslin uh, as yeah. the season gets tipped off. I'll be curious to monitor what happens uh, in the scrimmage against A&M. Is it competitive? Are you able to maybe pull off a, a little like, you know, scrimmage upset or, or I just want to see that score be close is really all I want to see. I don't want to see like a big blowout in your, <laughs> your scrimmage against them, but uh, any other little basketball tidbits? Nope. We'll we'll dive more into basketball next week as uh, Texas Tech has a Thursday nighter against uh, TCU that we will be covering. And then we'll so we'll probably do a quick little TCU episode and then 
uh, a full basketball preview. So expect a couple of episodes from us next week. Uh, but that's all we've got for you guys. Texas Tech related. Dustin, before we get out of here for the week, let's hit our final shots. Yeah, I've been using this as yep. Rangers update time all year. And it's the perfect time to use it because the Rangers are going to the freaking World yeah, Series. They beat the Astros in Game 7. Them. Like, demolished the Astros in Game 7. Home runs galore. Dulles Garcia hitting bombs and driving in runs like crazy. Making the Astros try to boo him, and he still Astros hits more home runs. Astros fans are still booing him. And, oh, there goes another home run from Adolis. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. And now they're – it's funny to see the Astros all – fans on Twitter all upset and crying about their excuses yeah. for it. And oh, we'll be back next year. And it's like, we're not worried about yeah. next year. We're still playing. We're on to next year. And I was like, well, you spent $800 million the last two off seasons. And it's like, isn't that what you're supposed to do? Like try to get better players. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, we also lost a hundred games the last two years yeah. or two years ago and 90 last year. Like, incredible turnaround in two years to go from 60 to 68 wins to just over 90 and a world series starting this weekend. Like incredible. It's crazy. And their best pitchers been hurt most of the year. Like DeGrom hadn't even played most of the year. Scherzer that they've traded for has been whatever, but the other pitchers have been pretty solid. The lineup's been great. And yeah, I'm excited to play the Diamondbacks this weekend and next week. Hopefully the Rangers can win their first World Series championship. That'd be cool. Yeah, pretty exciting. It was really fun. I I'm not Very. a Ranger fan. Uh, I am rooting for them as I am rooting for Josh Young, and and so it's been fun. I got to go to Game Three last week, which was uh, fun to go to. Unfortunately, I thought. Oh yeah, and you're I'm off. off the, you're off sacrifice. I'm off. Watch. Thank goodness because I show up to one Ranger game and all of a sudden they lose three straight. Uh, when they hadn't lost a single postseason game, but then they bounced back in Houston because Houston's a god-awful home baseball team. It would have been fun to have Arlie yeah. on for this episode so we could just shit all over him. <laughs> it is crazy that the road team won every yeah. game in that series. Like The Astros won three straight in Arlington to go up 3-2, to two, and then Rangers fought back to win two straight back in Houston. And it's all because they had to win the last game of the season to win yeah. the division. Houston did. And the Rangers lost to lose that. If it had been flipped, it had been the other way around. For some reason, the Rangers are um, uh, amazing on the road. The Astros suck at home. The Astros are amazing on the road. And Which also sucks, though. We are the home team, home field advantage. In yeah, maybe it'll bounce back <laughs> against the Diamondbacks, I think. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty fun season for Ranger fans. Fun to shut the Houston Astros fans up, even though they'll continue to talk. Dang right. Um, but, yeah, fun series. Uh, had a little bit of a, a you know, a, a – a fake fight, which always, you know, gets the rivalry kind of going, throwing at Adolis. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. great because the Astros ended up winning that yeah. game with Altuve home run in the ninth. And then post-game, they were like, they, sh- they shouldn't have woke up the Houston Astros. Adolis and just goes off. The Astros got crushed the next two games. Adolis decides <laughs> to hit three home runs in the last two games and knock in, like, yeah. almost double-digit RBIs in those games, I think. uh um, so yeah, that's really fun for the Rangers. Uh, it'll be fun to watch Josh play for a World Series championship. You could have in 2023. Hell yeah! A Red Raider win the Super Bowl and a Red Raider possibly win the World Series would be really fun. Um, it's been a great 2023 for 
individual yeah. athletes even yeah, in their team like big adberg uh rider cup champion so yeah mac mcclone dunk champion so it's been a solid year uh another trophy hopefully on the way as the rangers face the diamondbacks my final shot is we are fi- officially at the part of the year where all the sports are happening the nba tipped off last night uh with two games and so now we've got basketball we've got football we've got baseball we've got hockey we've got everything going um and so it's that beautiful time uh of year where you just have sports on every single night and so uh i'm excited for this nba season i'm probably about as excited as i've been for an nba season in a while with uh Wimbanyana, uh, you know what? Wimby looks, looks good, good. already it's in preseason. Be fun to see all yeah. his crazy highlights on Twitter, like throughout the year, like he'll just be like, "Wow, look at this block by Wimby or this dunk by Wimby." Like he's probably gonna be defense player of the year. Pretty I think easy so too, um, just because of of what he can do with that length and size. And so hopefully he stays healthy. I, I think there's a lot yeah, of good young of teams. Of course, you got the Nuggets, you know who you know, pretty much dominated the Lakers like not last night. They're going to be formidable uh, people going for a, a back-to-back championships, Giannis and Dame on the Bucks, um, the Celtics, you know. Giannis got big contract yeah, yeah, paid. Obviously, you got to pay that man to keep him there. Ooh. They did what uh, they he asked them to do. They traded for Dame, and so he returned the favor by signing a contract extension so they don't have to worry about him asking out. You got the Lakers, who I think got better. Uh, despite the loss last night, I think they bolstered their roster. I think you got young teams like the the Kings, the Thunder, and you know we'll see what the Mavericks do this year. Are they able to bounce back from what was a disappointing year last year? I, I, I think it's a very intriguing NBA season, and so excited to have the NBA back in our lives. Anything you're looking forward to this NBA season? Yeah, I think – Lots and lots of good teams, like you just mentioned. Lakers would be really good again. They added a lot of good pieces. Suns, yeah. Suns well, their firepower, and they traded for some good bench guys to fill their roster. Like the West is going to be pretty crazy. The East is still really Very good top at the top. Uh, but yeah, the Mavericks are are my main focus. First full year of Kyrie and Luca, so yeah. we'll see how that goes. Yeah, what point <laughs> in the year will Kyrie? do something that that causes a ruckus like he normally does he hasn't had a normal nba season since i think like really the Cavs won the title that year so and yeah he used to be good when he yeah. had normal seasons so maybe he realized that and be like you know what maybe i'll shut up this year and just play basketball and not worry about everything else and try yeah. to cause stuff so uh, excited to have that back will be fun to watch all the storylines of course in our final shots we'll kind of update things as crazy <laughs> nba stuff happens throughout this season um but yeah for the most part it'll be just little quick tidbits at the end of each show but that will do it for us this week here at tailgate talks we hope uh you guys enjoyed uh listen <laughs> listening to a struggle through that byu game um, but to catch everything we're doing here at tailgate talks throughout the rest of this football season into basketball season, you got to follow us, follow us on Apple, follow us on Spotify. Give us those five star ratings, five stars for the tailgate, please. And if you listen to us on Apple, we always appreciate those reviews. Also follow our social media accounts. We are on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. That's where we do most of our posting. So follow us there. We are on Instagram and Facebook. And last, we have a YouTube channel where we post videos uh, weekly for you to watch there. Thanks for hanging out with us this week. We hope you guys enjoy the bye week. Enjoy not having to suffer through a Texas Tech football game. And as always, we will catch y'all at the next tailgate. Peace.